Footy and Frothies, a round 18 review show, 21st of July 2021. Uh, second week of bubble life up for the NRL players. We've seen the first weekend go without any hitches to date, apart from some bad haircuts. And um, <laughs> Actually, all the games are pretty good, to be honest with you, apart from Newcastle, uh, and some bad excuses there. Uh, Barney Boy, how is lockdown life? How is uh, footy life? How's life? Yeah, enjoyed the footy on the weekend. Um, life's a bit laborious, to be honest, mate. <laughs> you know, makes the week to week grind that little bit harder with all the um, all the restrictions going on and the extra crap that's been brought in through work. But yeah, we get through it. We'll keep going. We've still got a while left by the looks of things. Hell yeah! So you're essential for those that wouldn't know. Um, how much has it changed for you? Just more more QR codes and hand sanitizer. Yeah, more QR codes, more, a few more PPE things with masks and hoods and gloves and shit like that. Yeah coveralls when you're in the warehouse and that kind of stuff so yeah <laughs> a little bit more ppe basically i don't imagine it's going to change too much in the next month to be honest so i suppose it is what no. it is that's it uh and oliver uh lockdown life what's happening oh look not been up to much um other than work which uh last worked on monday got tomorrow on friday so at least that's something to do i guess during this time but really um, as I've been the last couple of weeks, the highlight of my weeks during lockdown has been sitting with you boys and a few of our mates of a Saturday and Sunday watching the footy, throwing a few back and just being peanuts. So I'm looking forward uh, to that again this week. And in terms of lockdown, uh, COVID and that, yeah, um, I was got my 21st plan for late August and I think I'm going to give it till July 30, see what the Premier says then. But I'm pretty sure... I'm going to be canning that. So unfortunate, but it, it's necessary due to the current the current state of the New South Wales. Yeah, sadly, we're also in a similar boat. And um, before anyone complains, those sitting around and having a beers was all over this medium, was all, all over Zoom, uh, <laughs> stream out. It was not in person. We've all been very good boys, as we are now, hence the um, less than stellar normal audio. Uh, but we'll battle through and hopefully... Before the end of the season, we can uh, sit down and have a beer in person again. That'll be uh, something to look forward to. Um, let's get into the news. So there's the a couple of big things. The first one was um, Phil Gould's been confirmed as general manager of football at the Bulldogs. So essentially uh, was able to leave the New Zealand role due to, or couldn't fulfil the New Zealand role properly due to COVID. Was able to leave that and is now... Uh, another addition to the bull, what the Bulldogs Club are building, and I imagine to do a good job. Uh, any thoughts on that, Barn? Oh well, his um, his timing's pretty good, to be honest. Like they they can't go much worse than what they have been, so he's jumped in there, and he he, he can't really take them backwards. So all he can do is improve them. Um, obviously they've got a really good junior nursery out there, and as we've seen, he works wonders with the the pathway systems and stuff like that for for clubs. So. I assume he'll do a very similar job to what he's been doing over the last few years, and it should have, should be a really good signing for the Bulldogs. Ollie? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree, and I know he, he was only confirmed on Friday night, but over the past two weeks, I mean, the Bulldogs are already looking a lot better, and it comes into that thing, you know, we talk about the complaining about blowout scores, blowout scores and that. Well, I think this is further proof that the biggest issue there is effort because the Bulldogs have put in a 100% effort for 80 minutes the past two weeks and they've got within 12 points of at least two top six teams in the competition. So I thought I'd just throw that in there. But, yeah, if they can keep this effort up for the rest of the season, 
of course, they've just announced to be the Pangaea for next season and the next three years, and they've made a few signings. So um, who knows? He may end up being the most crucial signing of the lot. We'll just have to see. Yeah, well, you touched on Tevita Pengai, so it looks like he will be headed there for the next three years, as you've said. Uh, and for the rest of the season, he'll be at Penrith. It's just been confirmed as we're on air. Uh, so I believe the NRL order evaded him somewhere at 25k a game, so they just had to fulfil that. That was the final box to tick. Um, so uh, in that Penrith system, that, that might be a scary thought. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh... I'll get into it a, a, a bit more later with the peanuts who, who have been complaining about it, but um, this Penrith can fit this into their salary cap, and if the most recent report before the confirmation is true, Brisbane are going to be paying half his wage for the rest of the season anyway. So you take into the account that Penrith are only going to be paying for a quarter of a season and that Brisbane are going to pay half of that, they're really getting him on the cheap and why not for the last three months of the season we've all agreed that he he's been in arguably career best form um right up until uh, this whole debacle started and he got suspended etc um so if he can maintain that form in a pen of jersey um he could be a, a crucial cog to their side um especially james fisher harris set to leave the bubble in a couple of weeks for understandable reasons um the upcoming birth of his child uh Vita Pangai could go from someone playing in a in a wooden spoon contending team to possibly a premiership winner this year. Um, so there you go, and then go to the Bulldogs, which who knows really from twenty twenty two onwards how they'll go. They um, yeah, and like I said, it is scary the the thought if they get him at his best, what Penrith may achieve him and kick out on uh, on either edge um, at their best. We've still got to see it. Uh, I'll we'll get to I guess my thoughts on Penrith when we get to that review. Um, any I'd other be change? interested to see how they um, how they fit him into that rotation. To be honest, that's going to either limit Capewell's uh, minutes, or he's going to have to sort of play in the middle a little bit more. I would imagine. But I'd say probably will be treated a little bit like for like with um, with Fisher Harris when he's not there, and then maybe start at yeah. 15, you know fifteen and just come in when they're needed for the back end. Um, yeah, he plays that little bit tighter. It might take a little bit of his um, destructive ball running out, but we'll see yeah. how he goes. Yeah, well, you, you don't, you can't really move. Uh, Kickout's not going to play in the middle, and no. uh, I, I, I mm-hmm. guess you take Sorensen's spot essentially. Um, so yeah. that will be an interesting to to watch. Uh, any other? I think there's a week till deadline. Any other potential changes? You've got a feel might happen in the next week. Wacky uh, people jumping to clubs or anything. Oh, Moses and by and Luke Brooks to the to the Raiders in exchange for Josh Hodgson and Jack Whiten. Uh, yeah, maybe. They, <laughs> I've never seen a throwaway a throwaway line or from a peanut reported sixteen times in a in a twenty four hour period before. But anyway, um, I thought that was blown out of proportion. But I thought, um, hey, potentially one of them maybe. You never know what's going to happen with Mitch Moses. Uh, we never know what might come up. There's some crazy times going on, so I guess we'll see what clubs need and what fit the bill for the next uh, next month. And it's a little bit easier, as I've said before, with them all just living in the same complex. I suppose it's not that big a up and pack. Um, no other news, boys? Oh, well, you just reminded me of a news story there when you brought up Mitch Moses, who's obviously out for the next few weeks. Um, uh, what's it that he's done something to his back, I believe, played 70 minutes with yeah. a stress, yeah. stress factor in his back. Um reportedly the Eels are interested in bringing in Anthony Milford 
for the rest of the season. Now, that was reported before it came out that Moses was injured. And it was sort of a bit odd, maybe it'd be an OK-14, but I think now it probably makes a lot more sense as to why they try to bring him in for the rest of the season if Moses is going to be out for a month. So does, does this change our opinion? I guess I want to ask um, on Milford going to the Eels potentially uh, now that Moses will be out for a bit. Uh, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened either way. I don't. I, I still think Will Smith's a pretty good player, to be honest, and I don't yeah. think they're going to... And obviously, they're happy with uh, Arthur there this week, so I couldn't see either of them being pushed out. Uh, I thought if Milford's going to come in, it'd be coming in for maybe a Cartwright or a, a, a bench player. Um, so until... like, It's like the the Mbai story. Like, until you actually see anything happen, I'd take all this with a grain of salt, to be honest. Barney? Yeah, no, I'm not sure, as you said, how he fits into that team at all, really. Um, you either got to start him as a as a half, or I, I can't see him coming on as 14, to be honest. So. Well, Reed plays 80, uh, all of them play 80, and then you're going to yeah. you, uh, understand Cartwright in a rotation, but Kafusi's on the bench, he's been great. Nick Neocora's been tremendous all year uh, at yeah. three or four different positions. Um, so those two keep their spots, and... Uh, unless you're going to desert up and have someone play five minutes for the sake of five minutes, I, I don't see <laughs> that fitting into the the power rotation at all. No. The uh, I guess we'll run through some judiciary stuff before we get into some reviews. Uh, only one for the week was Aiden Tolman took an early plea and took a week off. The rest are all fines. So um, either everyone's been good boys or they've relaxed a little bit. But uh, <laughs> by and large, I thought there was a couple on the weekend just off top head that probably should have been binned. Um, but they all got off, uh, or would have been binned six weeks ago, but there's nothing, I don't think, anything crazy from the weekend to report in terms of that, is there? No. No, you're definitely right, though. There was probably six or, six or eight that would have been binned six weeks ago, easily. Yeah. But. Uh, injury-wise, so obviously we've mentioned Mitch Moses. It, he's th- Brad Arthur, I just saw, downplaying it again, uh, but uh, it could be, it is indefinite as for now. Uh, Xavier Savage out for the season. Which is uh, he was pretty impressive. Okay. So there's a big, uh, big loss for Canberra. They've named Rapana at fullback this week, uh, which we'll talk about in the preview. Uh, we've all sort of given our thoughts on how he handles the fullback role there. Uh, White and Whitehead will both miss apparently a week. Um, Titans they've said Fogarty and Aaron Clark only a week, so Fogarty is not as bad as first thought. Uh, so we'll just miss this week. Uh, Phil Samuel will miss a, about a month. Uh, AJ uh, Alex Johnston uh, two to four weeks. For Souths on his hammy, uh, and the big ones, uh, George Jennings a month, uh, Javid Bowen will miss nine months, uh, so he's done for the season, and uh, for the Warriors, Tohu Harris and Wade Egan both gone for the year, uh, so that's a big blow. Uh, RTS rested this week, but apparently not going to be much longer than that. Uh, anything to add from any of that? Oh, can't see the Warriors making the eight now. No, nah, no, I think they're in some trouble. They were already, you know, they're already a 50-50 shot. Now, now I can't see it at all without Egan Harris. Yeah. Uh, signing news. Ockenbar, two-year extension at the Bulldogs, so he's staying. He thought he was pretty good in the weekend. Um, <laughs> Dan Saifidi, a five-year deal at Newcastle. His brother Jacob, two years. Uh, Mitch Kenny, an extra year at Penrith. Jake Turpin, next year at Brisbane. And, and probably the biggest a lot apart from um, Saifidi, uh, Jaden Sua confirmed to the Dragons for three years, which um, shores up their pack uh, a little bit. They need, still need a bit of help there, I think, but to start. Um, 
anything else? Any thoughts on any of that, Ollie? Well, I think Jaden Sewell is a, a decent signing for the Dragons. I think he's a player who, over the past couple of seasons, has shown little um, little drops in form, but not really for too long. There, there's always been times in the season where I thought he does have his, his down period per se, but um, look, I still think he's got it in him to, you know, still be an Origin player um, in 2022 and beyond. But I think, yeah, he could be part of. I don't want to say a rebuild for the Dragons because they're not going to finish in the end too far out of the top eight if they don't finish in the top eight, but sort of getting them to that, I would say, consistent top eight level. I think you can call it a rebuild. They're losing arguably their best front row. They're losing their fullback. Uh, they're starting with some. They're going to be starting with some young players in the back line. Um, so interesting year next year for for the Dragons. Barney, any thoughts on any of that as well? Yeah, there's a few guys in that Dragons team that are probably on their last year or two as well, realistically. Um, Someone like McCulloch and Norman, um, they're probably going to move on in the next year too. Um, Yeah, that that team's going to change a lot over the next couple of years. As you mentioned with Sua, yeah, I think I think he's definitely a first grader and uh, it's probably a good move for both, really, because South weren't really using him that often and um, they weren't giving him the minutes that he probably deserves. So they can free up a bit of money there. A lot of it. Yeah, they can free up some money there, and um, it'd be a pretty good signing, I think, for the Dragons, who could use a bit of extra extra um, power in that back row of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the rest of them were pretty small. Martin's interesting. I'm not sure um, how. I think he's signed for a year. He's realistically just going to be a backup player for that next year, I would imagine. Um, no, if the Kenny? majority of that, Liam Martin was. Oh, oh, no, Mitch Kenny, Mitch sorry, Kenny. yeah, 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 Mitch Kenny. Yeah, he, he looks like he probably. He'll stay in a really good system, but he's going to be in the on the back burner for the majority of the season, I would imagine. Liam Martin's another one in that um, Penrith rotation. We, I know you mentioned Capel, but he now, I guess, will be the front rower. He'll be the one that plays front row, I'd say, when, if Fisher-Harris isn't there for that month. Or Spensalino, yeah. They'll, or they'll probably shift between both of those two. Yeah. Um, and lastly, have you had a chance? did you have a chance to watch the first episode of Tiger Town? I didn't, no. So you Not guys yet. will have to have a no, What about yourself? Yeah, no, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I thought, uh, as I sort of predicted, uh, that Madge came across very well. Uh, I have concerns about other members running the club, uh, other characters running the club. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the training staff and Madge came across really well. You can see the passion and, and a bit more of him. And I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the next ones in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. But um, I... Give it a thumbs up by and large, and um, I'd be very interested to see what you think if you get some time over the weekend. Or no, I definitely um, will watch it. Yeah, the yeah. four AM starts would have killed my time no, <laughs> at the end of the night. But... And uh, to be honest, if it wasn't the Tigers, I yeah, the 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 way work is at the moment, I probably wouldn't have made time either until until uh, yeah. I had nothing better to do. But it was uh, uh, well worth a watch. I thought. Um, yeah, I've just good things. Sorry, Adrian, I got a question for you um, as a Tigers fan and as someone. I guess, well, I guess you could be neutral and watch it as well, but I've watched um, different documentaries like the Tiger Tales one for different Premier League clubs, and I think there are a couple on NFL teams and NBA clubs as well. Amazon does them. And I've noticed with a couple of them, probably having the film crew there, it's never to a large extent, but always there is some impact with there being a few film crew there for the mm. for the entire season that does have a bit of a negative impact, especially in the Sunderland one on Netflix. So I am going to ask you, what impact has this film crew being there for the whole season had on the Tigers? 
Not at all. I, 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 oh, the only one I think I would have noticed, um, they they did go into Leilua being dropped. Um, there was a bit on that. They, um, I thought it was pretty open. Uh, I, I think when you see it, you'll notice in the first game, I think when they had the camera in Madge's face uh, during the game, I think Madge potentially acted a bit differently than he would have, say, in round six. Uh, or even he did late, in the later games, he was, uh, he was sort of trying to narrate a little bit, I felt. But um, you saw the honest stuff from him later on. Um, it was really yeah. good. Um, it was good to watch him sort of call things before they happened. And um, he's obviously got to, he does obviously have a very good football brain. And um, you'll see how he comes across as a person in it, I think, as well. I think it's uh, a, a real good thing, uh, probably for his PR at the moment. So, uh, uh, from And from all the social media comments I've seen, I think everything's... Everyone agrees. I haven't seen anyone not come out and really bag him. I suppose there's tougher stuff ahead in the, in terms of the Tigers' season. But um, like I said, thumbs up from me. Um, we'll see where it all heads. We'll see where their season heads um, as we get further into this review, I suppose. Uh, no other news. Nothing else we really need to chat about. Uh, let's take us me. all the way back to last Wednesday where we kick off with Origin. Queensland 20 defeated New South Wales 18. Uh, do we have lots to talk about this, Barney? Have you got the stats and um, lead us away with your thoughts? It feels like a month ago, man. I reckon... oh, no. Do you want to spend? <laughs> we like don't have to spend. You to... Did you write it down, or do you want to? I got a little bit here. Yeah, we've got three tries apiece, three out of three conversions from both teams. A missed penalty by New South Wales, and one out of one for Queensland. Eighty-three percent completion for New South Wales, eighty-eight for Queensland. Thirty-five out of forty-two sets played, thirty-seven out of forty-two. New South Wales actually had 200-plus run metres and 90-plus post-contact metres over Queensland. Uh, three line breaks to five. 41 tackle bus for New South Wales, 31 for Queensland. Seven offloads to 14. Three force dropouts to one. No 40-20s. Two ruck infringements to four. Five inside the 10 by New South Wales, three by Queensland. Five penalties conceded to three. 11 errors to nine. Murray made 40 tackles. Kafusi made 44. Uh, Teddy made 230 metres and Ponga made 131 for Queensland. Uh, Latrell made five tackles, missed three. Sims and Whiten missed four apiece. Guy made 18 tackles and missed eight. Tino missed six and there was three others with five misses on the Queensland side. Um, yeah, as a New South Wales supporter, disappointing, obviously. Um, New South Wales took uh, first took first blood and actually had the running of the game, I thought, at the start of the game when Mitchell crashed over for that first try. Um, that, that try for Hav, their first try was very nice. That, I really enjoyed that try. Uh, Munster up the middle, then Papali, and then off to Hammer. And he's, um, I think he's a bit, I think, I don't remember him being that quick, but he's obviously pretty bloody quick, that Hammer. Yeah. He, um, he caused some problems for New South Wales as well. Um, New South Wales halves were pretty poor for the majority of the game, I thought, um, until Yo started to go in and play seven. Well, I thought for the last <laughs> half it. hour he pretty much was. The, he was dead set first yeah. receiver for the last half hour. He was. He pushed. Um, he pushed Whiten and uh, Whiten and Moses out that um, extra player wider, and it, it helped him. But. Um, it was a pretty good game, actually. It was a lot of desperation from both teams in their scramble defence. Stopped, um, stopped a few, quite a few tries there. Um, there was some really nice attack, but it was only sort of sporadically throughout the game, and it'd be patches of a couple of minutes here and there where there'd be some really nice attack, and then it'd sort of break down a little bit. But um, Appy's try was a nice one, the little kick through, and um, <laughs> he jumped over the fullback. 
But um, yeah, Queensland played their spo- played spoiling tactics. Like I don't want to get into all the whinging that you hear through social media, everyone carrying on about all the six agains and all the rest of it. But they definitely did slow down the ruck. Um, but Ponga freed up their halves a lot. He added he added that extra um, you know that extra bit of attack, and New South Wales just couldn't rush their halves like they had done in the first two games because uh, they were worried about Ponga on the outside. So they sort of hung back a little bit and tried to keep their line. And um, to their detriment, realistically, um, Hunt was that. That's the best game I think I've ever seen Hunt play. Yep, he was everywhere when he. Um, and I don't think he missed a tackle. He made forty odd tackles. He scored two tries. He, he was in everything. Um, Mo and Tino were the best forwards on the ground. I thought. Um, and Murray, Murray was the best from New South Wales. Tarek Sims and Paulo were pretty un- underwhelming, realistically. And um, Martin didn't really get enough time. I thought he should have probably got a bit more. But, yeah, Queensland were just more of a team than New South Wales. I thought New South Wales were coming home and looked like if the game went for five minutes longer, they probably would have won it. But, yeah, overall, Queensland were just a better team, especially in the forwards. Ollie, do you have any thoughts? Uh yeah, I do. One thing in particular now, I, honestly, I forgot this game even happened to the point where <laughs> I actually had the Eagles-Titans game open on my phone ready to... No, that's to fine. Get, I, uh, yeah. If I hadn't have actually sat down yeah. and typed my notes, I would have probably done the same. But. Yeah, but um, the halves as a whole, in terms of the combination of New South Wales halves, they weren't great. And I thought White was very poor. However, I feel like Moses is being made out to be a little bit of a scapegoat Whereas, look, he wasn't great. He didn't have the performance that I think we would have expected from him heading into this. But I still thought he was fine. And this is coming from someone who's ripped him to shreds most of the time, to be honest. And I feel like he at least did enough to probably be that backup for Nathan Cleary in the future. Unless both Cleary and Luai are out again and they go with the well, it won't be the South combination anymore, but with the Reynolds Walker. I, I, I feel like that he's getting a lot more crap than he probably deserves. And again, it's sort of I guess that that pegging it all on the half a bit. But I honestly thought he wasn't as bad as a lot of people are making him out to be. He's an easy one to kick after the fact. I thought he was inoffensive. I thought um his kicking was okay. I don't know if there was a lot of planning to it. But to be honest, when you watch that whole game, I don't quite know what the New South Wales plan was for a lot of it. Um, they, yeah, Teddy, I know Teddy has all applauded uh, of whatever, how many hundreds of metres he ran and this and that. But uh, a lot of the time I thought he actually got in the way of uh, any backline structure at all. Um, I think Barn mentioned agree that, with that too. Yeah. But he, there was a couple of times he shut it down from by coming in uh, when if he'd been hovering out the back... He probably uh, and that might be that's I think uh, maybe not even something he's conscious of maybe because he has to do it for the Roosters so often now it's a something he tries to do anyway maybe it's that's just something that happens I don't know but that then takes um, yeah Latrell and and, uh, and Tommy a lot out of the game uh, White and just that second half did not pass the ball and ultimately if he popped one of those late balls in the game um, we win the game and we're not even probably not bagging anyone but I thought. He may well have played himself out of a New South Wales jumper, at least as a 5'8 for the foreseeable future. Um, everything said about New, uh, Queensland um, was right, so I don't need to add much more. Uh, and yeah, I thought Murray and Yo were sensational. Um, 
in another year, you'd be talking about Isaiah Yeo as the best lock in the... Or he probably is the best lock in the game, but uh, as one of the players of the series. Um, finally, for the Oli, uh, Oli Lewis, for me, uh, three to Hunt, two to Ponga, one to Fodawaka. Anything, Dad? Good I no, I didn't uh, even give out the points, but that sounds fine to me. <laughs> I just want to say if... Uh, yeah, Mo Fodawaka surely was Queensland's player. I don't know what they do internally, but surely was Queensland's player. Player of the series, yeah. He was absolutely sensational. Uh, and for a 21-year-old prop who's off contract at the end of next year, I'll be very surprised if he isn't making some money at... An, uh, if, if he hasn't been big contract somewhere for a long time after next year... Then we, my theory that uh, no one running NRL clubs and has a clue what they're doing, uh, will continue to be strongly enforced. Nothing to add. Okay, cool. Um, nope. Player of the series, Latrell. I, I think yeah. he's mathematically From us. got it by. Yeah. Well, he, he, I think he got three in both those first games. So, uh, yeah, I suppose there it is. Uh, another origin in the books uh, where all the injuries have come out of it. The and we're going to limp our way into the finals now. Um, that being said, let's get into the round proper. I thought um, I, I had high hopes for the for last round, and I thought it pretty much lived up to them. I enjoyed most games of footy, even the Melbourne slaughter. I, I thoroughly enjoyed because I like watching Melbourne play. Um, we kick off Parramatta 26, Titans 8. And uh, Ollie, did you thoroughly enjoy this game? I did not thoroughly enjoy this game, and there's one person who... I'm probably going to bring up again in a, in a certain segment who I'm not too happy with. That's it's David Fafita. I mean, if, if you need any game, I guess, to sort of encapsulate his season, it's this one. I know he spent a bit of time on the bench, but he, um, well, th- that last five minutes was great. It was amazing from David Fafita. <laughs> Where was it for the rest of the game? Like, even for another 10-minute period somewhere else, we could have used it because the Titans looked like they were building some momentum in the last five minutes. It was sort of off the back of him. A couple of really good runs. He scored that try. I'm not expecting him to do that for 80 minutes, but I'm I'm expecting him to do it for more than five minutes at the end of a game where we've already lost. Like, he... And I'm in no way, shape or form comparing him to Tom Trevojevic in any way. And they're in different positions. But he could have a similar impact to the Titans on a much lesser level that Tom Trevojevic has to the Seagulls, where against some lower table teams, he probably could drag them through a game and possibly you know, win the game single-handedly. But against those teams where he's probably had the opportunity to do that against, he's not. And the thing is, the Titans as a whole... You know, one to seventeen. They're not terrible. It's not like they are a one-man team as well. There are other players there who, obviously, you know, deserve a bit of flack as well. Um, some more than others. But I mean, he, he he's he's got to be the guy. He has it in him to be the guy, and it's just frustrating that we're not getting the best out of him every week, or at least his best foot forward. I would argue. Sorry, I'll, I'll just quickly, buddy. I would argue. The much maligned Tavita Pengai Jr. has had a more consistent season, and being as destructive when he's needed to be uh, in a lesser team, arguably than Fafita has. Um, so that is the level I'd put him on, and um, I would have a strong think who I'd sign if I had the money to if I had to choose between the two next week. Uh, Barney, uh, your quick mm-hmm. thoughts on that, and you can do some stats after that. 
Yeah, I think why, why you're so disappointed is he's, he's getting paid to be the guy as well. And the other two that played the same game, Tino and Mo, they were strong in this game. Yep. They were probably the best on the field for the Titans. So, yep. yeah, just adds to the disappointment. It was um, two tries for the Titans, five to the Eels. Zero out of two conversions played three out of five. 68% completion played 80% for Parramatta. 26 out of 38 sets played 32 out of 40. Four line breaks to nine. 24 tackle busts for the Titans, 36 for the Eels. Eight offloads to 23. One force dropout to two. Uh, 346 tackles played 338. Two ruck infringements apiece. One inside the 10 by the Titans. Three penalties conceded to five. 13 errors played 15 and there was a sin bin. Uh, Clark made 53 tackles, Mahoney with 40, <laughs> Kelly with 205 metres, and Nathan Brown with 192. Kelly made eight tackles, missed five, Fogarty missed five, Taylor missed four. Uh, Dunstar made th- nine and missed three. Madison with 135 super coach points, Gutherson with 110, Nathan Brown with 100, and Kelly with 99. Uh, yeah, your thoughts on the, the game in general? I'd, Titans were never really in this game. The first five minutes they were, um, and they, they had that tried disallowed, and they just seemed to lose a lot of their energy off the back of that. And then maybe the last 15, 20 minutes, they were probably back in the game when Parramatta took their foot off, realistically. Um, Parramatta sort of went into cruise control at the back end of the game. Madison had his best game in probably a couple of years, I think, will mm-hmm. be one of the best games he's ever played. Um, he was tremendous. He was breaking tackles, offloading, scoring tries. Um, Dylan Brown seems to play is a better player when he's the controlling half in a team. When um, when it's complete, he's complete control. He just seems a much better player. He was running. Uh, his running game was tremendous. He had some nice short passing as well. Um, needs a little bit of help and a bit of work on his kicking game. But he he was um, he was really good with the team structure in their attack. Uh, Mahoney he just adds so much to this team. I think he is the centerpiece for their structure in pretty much everything they do. He seems to, uh, when he passes, he seems to pick the right time to pass. When he kicks, he seems to, you know, whenever he does something, he just seems to be the right time to do it, whether it's kicking, running, or passing the ball. And he he makes very, very few mistakes. Plus, his defense is awesome for a little guy. Um, He's one of the best defensive players in the game, I think, to be honest. Um, As I said, Tino was very good backing up from Origin. The same with Mo. Um, Fafita, as you, we've already spoken about Fafita, Aaron Clark, that was the best game that kids ever played. He was um, he was everywhere, fifty odd tackles and getting out of dummy half, which um, which is a good sign for the Titans. They've sort of struggled a little bit in that area, so that that's someone that they've got for the for the future. Um, Kelly had a very good game this year, out of cons- uh, out of consistently being one of the worst players in that team. He was their best or close to it in this one. But I had, um, yeah, Madison, oh, we'll do the points at the end. What, are, what about you, boys? Um, yeah, well, Ollie's, you don't have much what I do, Ollie. Other than, uh, I, I was actually just looking at the attacking stats here and Parramatta probably should have put 40 or 50 on it. Yeah, I think they'll, well, whether by uh, choice or otherwise, a bit like the Paragame, <laughs> the Penrith game, they, they cruised home in the last 20. I think they shut up shop a little. Uh, their Ford pack was absolutely outstanding. Uh, all of them were off the back fence, I thought, for the first 20 minutes. Uh, Nathan Brown led the way there. He, a lot of his runs. And Papi, he were, they were like they were fired out of cannons. Uh, uh, they need to... That's their best hope of, of winning the comp is, is through their forwards, uh, if it's going to happen, which I'm not suggesting it will. Just saying that's their hope. Um, I don't think we'll ever see the best of Dylan Brown over a season while he's in a team with Mitchell Moses. I think he's a much better player 
not necessarily. I think uh, not necessarily in control, but in 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 a in a role where he can call a lot of the shots and have someone else do the kicking. He'd be great outside of Reynolds. Or yeah, well, he definitely takes a backseat to to Moses. Yeah, when Moses is one hundred percent. And what you said about Marnie, I thought he was sensational as well. Gutho was Gutho. Uh, they rolled along. They looked pretty impressive. And um, we'll, uh, we'll ask it as we go through here because we're, we're on the home stretch now. Um, where do you see, just in a, in a couple of words on each team, where do you see them finishing when we get to the end of the season or the end of the round 25? Ollie? Titans eighth at best, and that's if a few other teams cock up. And Parramatta third for me. Yeah, the Titans, I think, need to go on a run to finish eighth. I've got them probably just missing at the moment. And um, Parramatta be fourth, I would think. I, I just think South just seem to do what they do and win pretty much every game at the moment. So um, even though they weren't great this weekend, I think Parramatta might drop another one or two before the end of the season. So well, they're yeah, a pretty tough run home. Yeah, Parramatta's got a, a shocking run home. I think they've got the rest of the top four um of four of the top five or something in the last in the run home, uh, yeah. I, what you said's right that they would need to beat, uh, knock off one of those top teams at least to finish. I think they finish fourth, but I think they're, in my opinion, a better final shot. Uh, even though they are Parramatta, uh, then South will be when you line them up against a Penrith or a Melbourne. Uh, three points, Madison. Two points, Reed. One point, Gutho. Was that what you had, Bart? I had uh, one. Either of the Browns, but... Okay. Um, instead yeah. of Gutho? Yeah, instead of Gutherson, I'd either Dylan or Nathan Brown, but... I, uh, Ollie? Uh, I'd go Nathan Brown just to yeah, reinforce yeah. how the Parramatta's four-pack was. Okay, done. Um, and that is that is uh, the classic harsh on Gutho call, but we'll call it the 2-0 <laughs> we'll determination. Um what was next? It was the Rue Manly, 32 Dragons, 18 on a Friday night. Uh, stats, Barn? Yeah, we had five tries to three. Five out of five conversions, played two out of three. A penalty, uh, one one out of one penalties for both teams. 78% completion, played 68. 32 out of 41 sets, played 28 out of 41. 140 post-contact metres for, Parramatta, uh, for Manly over the Dragons. Six line breaks to two, 45 tackle busts to 13, seven offloads to eight, two force dropouts from both teams, 140-20 by Manly, 264 tackles played 343, five ruck infringements to four, five penalties conceded to four, 12 errors to 14, Croker made 35 tackles, McCulloch with 45, Sully with 179 metres, and DeBellin with 150. Uh, Norman missed six tackles, made 22 Willie Army missed four tackles and made one in about 25 minutes, I think he played. So. <laughs> and there was four other St. George players with four missed tackles. Uh, two missed tackles was the highest for any Manly player. Schuster with 96 points, Ola Katow with 95, and Bird with 84. Uh, I thought, well, obviously Manly's second half was fantastic, um, and Dragons just disappeared. They tried as hard as they could, but um, Hunt on the backup wasn't really uh, sided. And um, apart from that, I thought Jack DeBellin playing front row actually did a tremendous job. I thought he was the best on the Dragons' side. And Sloan will be something. Uh, he's got something to offer there. Definitely uh, interesting how he keeps going. 
Uh, Ola Katow continues to grow. He's fantastic. He was tremendous again. And uh, obviously, when we get to our preview, we're going to talk about the three manly big guns coming back. But Schuster coming back into this team makes them super dangerous because if he, whether he's playing six or back row, which I imagine he will be, he offers so much on that edge and uh, is uh, very exciting to watch. Um, beyond that, their forwards keep chugging along. This was a much better performance, obviously, than last week. Uh, good to see Hank Scorpio finally score a try when I didn't need it. Um, didn't have it in there. <laughs> no, I didn't need it this week. Um, but they've all been good. So, uh, Ed Sully was good. The only one I haven't mentioned. He was really good. Uh, he probably, was good. Yeah. Probably had his best game uh, in as long as I can remember. What did you make of it, Barn? I thought the Dragons fought hard in the first half, as you mentioned. I thought they even were probably the better team in the first half, to be honest. Um, but a couple of their tries they let in were just soft tries, especially in that first half. Mm. There were one-on-one misses, or even two-on-one misses at, at one point, with the bloke just going through two, two defenders and scoring a try. So... But then they just shut down in that second half. As you mentioned, Schuster, he's just a, he makes they see the defence panic when he gets the ball and starts running at the line. And the, the centres and the halves start shitting themselves realistically when he's got the ball in his hands. Foran had a really good game. Yeah, I, I thought he was tremendous. Um, he, yes, he's very he's always been a very structured player, but um, he added the structure that they needed. And um, his passing game was really on point in this one. He was um, I thought he was tremendous. Took control of the game. Forwards, as you mentioned, just rolled through the middle. Um, Sloan and Jack Bird were probably the only two that really worried the defence at all for St George. Um, Bird had some nice touches, as did Sloan. Um, he's, he's pretty quick too, that young kid. He, as you mentioned, he looks like he's going to be something. Um, Kerr and DeBellin were, were good through the middle, and McCulloch just made his 40 tackles that he does every week. Um, I, th- I think they would they would be served, served well by finding a someone like a Starling or you know, a, a, a quick hooker that they could give McCulloch a spell for 20 minutes and he can add a bit of attack in and around the middle well, of the ruck. But... Lawton, was Lawton injured? He's out, isn't he? So they'll lose him. Yeah, Lawton's injured no, now for Manly, yeah. He would have been so... maybe one of the guys you could use. Well, no, 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 I'm, I'm well, the Dragons, well. yeah, not, not Manly. Oh, sorry, 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 of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they could need to find a, some, a quick little runner in, in the, the hookers <laughs> that would help them out a bit. Um, Ola Katow, as you mentioned, was brilliant. Paseca and Tapao basically did the job on their own for the for the Manly pack. They were they were tremendous, I thought. And, um, yeah, pretty much did it themselves. So um, we've just got the points left. What about you, Ollie? What would you think? Oh, well, I know both of you blokes have highlighted him already, but I just wanted to bring up Tyrell Sloan again for the Dragons. You know, with the club releasing Matt Duffy, we were thinking, really, are they are they actually going to persist with Cody Ramsey as a fullback? But it looks like maybe, maybe they've um, got their replacement and that's what the plan was all along, to bring young Sloan in. And I'm uh, keen to see how he progresses because, yeah, he was, was a standout for the Dragons in this one, especially in the second half and the rest of the side sort of dropped off, which was quite um, disappointing as I've made it very clear multiple times on here before. I, I want the Dragons to do well to back up my uh, bold prediction from the start of the season. Uh, and Moses Sully was a nice one, I, I'd like to say as well, because during the week, funnily enough, I was on the old rugby league live floor. I was playing a game. Moses Sully was there. I was thinking, Moses Sully, I haven't seen him around for a bit. And I remember in 2019 when there's, brought him into the fold at Manly. He, he was an absolute gun, um, you know, in that season that ended up in a, in a finals campaign where they got to the second week. And then because in 2019, he was such an exciting player to watch as well. 
And lo and behold, we get, we get to this weekend. He's back in first grade and has an absolute cracker. So, um, but yeah, I was just really glad to see that as well. And um, honestly, Ola Katow, for me, is just getting better and better by the week. And this week, I think he was the clear best player on the field, at least for me. Um, He'd be making a push for Rookie of the Year, I would imagine. He'd be going uh, very over the last six weeks. So. late dash, yeah. It's been a good one for rookies. Uh, at the start of the year, we didn't have any, but it's been a good one for him. Um, Avani, who are we going to say is your 3-2-1? You said you had him ready to go. Yeah, Schuster with three. Um, Ola Katow with two and four and with the one point. I had it. I had three and two the other way around, but agree with the rest. Ollie? Yeah, I'm happy with that. You could have also chucked in a, a Sully or even one of the three Dragons folks that I think we brought up, but I'm, I'm happy with four and getting the one in there. Who's, who's right. your three and two? You're the, you're the casting vote. Uh, well, three, I'd go all the Katow. Okay. And yeah, two to Schuster, unlucky, and one to four. And Roosters 34 beat the Cowboys 18, who were plucky for, what, about 20 minutes, Barn, and then um, you can tell us the rest. Yeah, about that. Three tries to seven. Three out of three conversions played three out of seven for the Roosters. 74% completion played 79. 32 out of 43 sets played 34 out of 43 sets. Six line breaks to 11. 34 tackle busts to 52 tackle busts for the Roosters. Mm. 11 offloads for both teams. One force dropout by the Roosters. 398 tackles for the Cowboys. 331 for the Roosters. Four ruck infringements apiece. Four inside the tens by the Roosters. Four penalties conceded to two. 11 errors to 12. Robson made 60 tackles. Radley with 49. Hammer with 271 metres. And Nikavalu with 227. Drinkwater missed eight tackles, made 13. Hammer missed five and made 11. Ikavalu missed four out of, and made six. Uh, Ikavalu with 123 supercoach points. Walker with 120. Hutchinson with 119. And Hamiso with 98. Just quickly, sorry, um, I've forgotten before someone shouts at me. Uh, Manly and Dragons, their finals hopes. Oh, Manly should be fifth or sixth at worst, um, and be pushing in the in and around the finals. It'd be interesting what what side of the draw they end up on, um, and they'd be one of the better chances, I would imagine. Um, Dragons, I think, will struggle from here on in. To be honest, um, there, there wasn't a lot in there that I saw that. Uh, apart from, as we mentioned, Bird and Sloan, which can get them a few points, but if they're going to put that defensive effort out each week, they'll probably get beaten by most teams. So yeah. I think seeing them closer to the back down, near close to that bottom four, I'm thinking. Ollie, quickly. Uh, Manly fifth or sixth, then I'm going to say exactly what I said for the Titans about the Dragons. If a few other teams cock up a bit, I think they're a chance at seventh or eighth. Um, Manly, the best thing that could possibly happen to Manly, actually, I've, I've sort of thought now is they could finish fifth have a dream run and make it to the the uh, elimination at least the elimination final and then who knows because you dodge playing Melbourne or Penrith in that first week uh, and then you play the loser who they can probably then yeah you can probably get a you get a home game against not that it might matter with Suncorp um, but you get a home game against um, potentially a beaten up south and um, if Manly's forwards play like this and they get their third Four big guns back. Um, they'll beat South, I think. Anyway, that's and Dragons are gone. Don't need to talk about them anymore. Um, Roosters, we'll get back to the game in question, though. 
Uh, while I'm chatting away, I may as well keep going. I thought uh, the bloke that turned the game around and fixed the Roosters up was Angus Crichton. Uh, as soon as he came on, he got the whole game um, back on um, level kilter. He led the Ford's run metres, 174 metres in about 57 minutes. Uh, I thought he was great. He got him straightened up, scored a try, and then was good the whole rest of the game. Uh, Manu was pretty good for a lot of it. Um, and um, beyond that, I was floating in and out, so I only saw the last uh, sort of 10 minutes, which I'll comment on later after uh, really intently. But, uh, Ollie, what do you make of this game? Oh, well, this is actually something I'm yet to share with anyone. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to come as a bit of a surprise, but I love Joey Manu. Oh, and okay. I'll write that down. That, and oh, so, something else that you better write, write down is that he, he probably wouldn't be too bad a fullback at other clubs. I think that's actually something that you've said most weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's getting to be the the serial offenders for the Roosters at the moment, which I guess is sort of a good thing because there's a few players who are sort of carrying them through this and it, it's admirable and it shows the professionalism and the talent. And I guess from 1 to 17, uh, the star-studded roster that they have because they'll have players come in. Some of them are good. Some, uh, some probably get carried a bit, but it's because you've still got players from that 1 to 17 who are in there and able to pick up that extra bit of slack and go on with it. The Cowboys... Uh, really disappointing. They're, they're getting sort of in a warrior's vein with me where they looked really good for a period of the season and they're not, like, just drops completely off. Um, and there's not too much more you can really say about the Cowboys. Um, Hammer was decent, I thought, backing up from Origin. Um, but, yeah, not too much. Um, Someone who really disappointed me, um, Tom Dean, it seems like ever since he joined the club is when they – They've had that nosedive, which made me think, and I, I did speak about him when they were in a bit of form and when he was playing, and it's not because he was playing amazingly, but before Ben Hampton got injured, I, I just thought they had a little bit of stability in their halves that they've not quite had since he's been injured. I'm not, As I said, I'm not saying he was great or anything, but there was probably that little bit more stability that they're missing that he gave before his injury, but... Other than that, but well, if if he's in the side, they play a bit better. But they they don't win a game like this the way they're playing anyway. So well, is well even with sorry, go on. No, even with Clifford in the halves, um, Drinkwater and Clifford seem to be striking up a pretty good combination there after he came back from his injury, and then they should they swip swapped him with Dean. I actually thought this was one of Dean's better like better games of the year to be honest, even though he wasn't great. But well, it's funny. He, um, it's funny they said, they went out and sat, they went out and signed Dean and. But with Townsend coming, like you're not going to play him. He wouldn't make anywhere near the top 22 if Townsend's in the team. Um, so. I'm talking about. But sorry, Nick, go on, Martin, yeah. and give your thoughts. Yeah, well, the first 15 minutes, the Cowboys were on fire. They they were running all over the top of the Roosters for that first 15 minutes, through the middle as well. And um, on the back of that, Drinkwater was doing some really nice stuff. He set up their first two tries, and um, they looked really good. And then they just fell in an absolute heap again, as they just seemed to do. They just started missing tackles. Their forwards weren't going anywhere. Um, without Tomalolo in that team, I don't know what they what would have happened to this team. They could have been eighty. Like fucking, they could have got absolutely carved up. Yeah. He um he held their middle together as much as he could, as well as Robson. Um, if <laughs> that boy is improving so much, it's not funny. Um, he he'd be. 
if you didn't have um, Grant and Mahoney in that Queensland team, you'd yeah. definitely be in and around in the discussion. But you've got two of the best running around. So, but um, he's uh, yeah, he's improved out of sight that bloke. And I'm not sure if the Cowboys, if he might not go sniffing somewhere else. To be honest, um, yeah. <laughs> I've said it before. I don't I don't understand why he's not being pushed towards playing 80 minutes because they really miss him when he goes off. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Um, the Roosters scored three. Their first three tries were basically scored on the same spot on the fucking field. They, they were yeah. all on the left, in between the centre and the half, and it was just basically a carbon copy. It was Crichton, then it was Manu, and then the, um, somebody else. It was just yeah. uh, uh, Billy Smith, sorry, yeah, and they all scored in that same spot. And then in the second half, they went to the other side of the field and scored on the right-hand side in the same spot three times apart from when Radley went up the middle and busted them through the guts and He's um he's improving since he's came back from his suspension. Yeah. Uh, he seems to be getting a little bit better each week, which is um danger signs. But uh, the Roosters concerning me a little bit. Uh, I haven't seen their defence this soft for a while, to be honest. They don't normally miss. They don't normally let teams go through the middle like the Cowboys did for that first fifteen minutes and at different times through the games. Um, they're missing a lot more tackles than they have done for a while, which is um. A bit of a worry. One of the better teams probably could have towed the Cowboys, uh, the Roosters up in this game. Yep. But yeah, uh, I thought Dean and Drinkwater were okay. But um, apart from Tomalolo, as I mentioned, there, there was and Robson, there there wasn't much going on for that team. Oh, you mentioned Hammer as well. He was good, but yeah, there's zero support from the rest of the forwards. Tom, Tuolangi, I don't know what's happened to him. He's fallen off the face of the earth in the last couple of games, considering how good he was a month ago or three weeks ago. Mm. His last couple of games, he just he doesn't seem interested. They're not going to him either, which doesn't help. But um, the Roosters' halves were very good. Hutchinson played one of his better games. I've seen him play. Um, led the team around really well. Walker was just – he just does what he does. He, he puts on those um, outlandish plays and he, find, he seems to find the right time to run when he does run. Uh, and Ikevalu just—he's—he's he's a serious finisher. That kid—he he just seems to know how to find the try line, which is, uh, which is yeah, something that you want in your wingers. Rad, as we mentioned, Radley Crichton and Satili were the were the big, the best in the pack for the Roosters, but and Manu at one. Your the Ollie's love child—he was great. Yeah. So. Um. The uh, Walker cops some flack, and I don't know if it's just a social media thing and whatever, and the stuff that happened a couple of weeks back. But I'll tell you now, um, well, first of all, he's 19. But mm. for him, the games he finishes, well, he's probably finished, what, five games this year for him, where they're in a little bit of trouble. If, Close to it. Um, and, and, like, for the flack he cops, uh, and, and wrong, I, do, I disagree, but if a Cody Nicarima or a Luke Brooks could ice games like he could, what sort of clubs would the Warriors and the Tigers be in that same, you know what I mean? If they... You go back the last two years and look at all those games they've lost by two, four, six points. This kid gets gets the Roosters home, uh, and if you you know you take four win of those wins that the Roosters were struggling off this thing, they they, they missed the eight, and you put four wins onto the Warriors. Well, you said it last week, Holly. If he, if, yeah, they'll be they'll be coming forth. So you got to, he, he does finish games, and um, full credit to him. Guy uh, had Crichton three, Walker two, and either Radley or Hutchinson one. Barney, how do you line them up? Oh, I gave Ikevalu the three. I just thought he finished tremendously. He had 10 tackle busts and three line breaks. I think he was a try assist in there as well as his tries. Um, I had Walker with two, and then I had um, either Crichton or Radley for the one. 
or you could even chuck Robson in there, really. He probably mm. deserved a point for what, for his effort, but... Ollie, we know where your three is going, don't we? No. No, you know what? Because he hasn't been in any of your boys' top three at all, which I'm a little bit surprised about. Uh, I'm definitely going to leave him out of third. I'll, I'll probably go uh, with Crichton at least for three. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think you're going to have Walker Hutchison in there for me. I'd say probably two, one. So, so, so Barney had Ikevalu three, is that right? Yeah, Ikevalu three. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I can... I'm happy to promote Ikevalu at least into the points. Uh, I, I think... Put him in one. Uh, one point. Walker... Yeah, that's fine. Some, some unlucky roosters there. But uh, in terms of where both teams sit, well, for me, they don't have to worry about the Cowboys. I think they're going to get flogged a bit more towards the back end. And Hammer is injured, actually. It's only just come through. He's had emergency oh, surgery too, so he's gone for the season. Um, the Hammer has Yeah, the Hammer has whatever that you just said. Um, <laughs> roosters will limp into sixth. And if I was, say, a Sharks or whoever, you'd almost be quietly confident of... Mate, that'll be your best chance of knocking a top eight team off, I think, playing the Roosters. Because th- what you said earlier, I've, I've got big concerns uh, about how they might hold up under finals pressure. That Josh Morris got dropped today. Um, so oh, really? he's yeah. out of the team and it is due to form. Um, Robinson has confirmed. Yeah, he did miss more tackles than I think I've ever seen him yeah, miss so, <laughs> before in my life. So, so that's uh, interesting. But um, I think they're out in straight sets come finals time. Do you boys, what do you think? Yeah, I I agree with you, unless they catch fire at the back end of the year. If they keep going through the way they're going at the moment, I, I can see them getting beaten by most teams in that top eight. Um, probably finish around sixth, maybe, yeah, depending on their run. I don't think I haven't looked at it properly. They could even finish seventh. But, um, yeah, I think, I think I'll have them in at sixth. And as you said, the Cowboys, they'll go they'll go real close to the spoon if they keep going like this. Ollie. I've got the Chooks in six as well, but I'm still of the opinion that seventh and eight they're going to be out first week because seventh and eight are going to be two teams who I think would possibly limp into the finals a bit as well because that that cluster of teams there have just been mediocre this year. So two mediocre teams will make the finals, and especially if you've got a, like a, a Teddy back in the side consistently, Manu playing the way he has been, Crichton, Marie Hargreaves. I, I feel like they should be able to get it done against. Uh, Cronulla yeah, six or seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the Cowboys, yeah. Let, let's move on. Raiders 34 uh, beat the Sharks uh, 18. Uh, Barney, your stats, and you can lead us away because uh, I was pretty disappointed in the Sharks, to be honest. Yeah, no, so well, Barney, right, Barney can do the stats, then leave us away and come back when this game's over. <laughs> <laughs> Five tries to three, four out of five conversions played three out of three and three out of three penalty uh, attempts for the Raiders. 84% completion played 73, 31 out of 37 sets played 27 out of 37. I've got that wrong, but anyway. Uh, 570 plus running meters for the Raiders. Four line breaks to three, 61 tackle busts to 22, 22 offloads for the Raiders and three for the Sharks. One force dropout by the Raiders. 316 tackles played 302. Three ruck infringements to two. One inside the 10 by the Sharks. Six penalties conceded to four. Six errors to 10. And a sin bin for the Sharks. Hodgson with 45 point, uh, forty-five tackles. Tomlin with 48 tackles. Savage with 246 metres. And Williams with 141 for the Sharks. White and missed three. Johnson made 11 tackles and missed nine. 
Ramian missed six, Talakai missed six, and there was four other blokes that missed the five other blokes that missed four tackles. So yeah, uh, <laughs> Corey Hawera and Ira with 124 Supercoach points, Savage with 114, Young with 103, another player from the Raiders. Before you get down to Ramian on 68. Um, what do you say, man? Uh, I wasn't quite sure about the eight point try, but it is what it is. Um, the Sharks actually were one, once they got going there, they they went okay for about 10 or 15 minutes and put on a couple of nice tries for Katoa and Mulatano. But their first up defense, you can see it in the stats 61 fucking missed tackles and 22 offloads. They're just not hit. That first contact is fucking horrible. They, they, basically bounce off every time they hit the line and then they can offload or they can keep running or they can set up their outside blokes. It's been a constant theme of mine. And their first up defense, apparently Fitzgibbon's the defensive coach for New South Wales and fuck could do Cronulla need it more than just about any other team in the competition because their first up defense has been fucking pretty bad for the last couple of years. And this is one of the worst examples that I've seen. Um, They just, they just, the, the Raiders should have won by 40. The yeah. way that the Sharks' defense fucking fell apart for the majority of the game, they, they, they realistically deserve to be completely smashed in this game. Um, and they even gifted the Raiders a few points with some stupid errors and dropping the ball back over and just turn, turning it straight over to them and they scored directly off it. Um, the Sharks were tough just in the fact that they kept the score as close as they did. They did try hard. Their effort was there, but their defense, their defense is fucking disgusting. Um, Savage adds a dimension to that Raiders team that they haven't had for a while. Even with Chance in that team, Savage obviously is injured now, which doesn't help. But his um, his ball running and his ball playing on the back in that back line will will add something to that team next year. So I don't know if they end up moving um, Chance into the centres or something like that, and then give the young kid a go at fullback. But I think that's something they need because their attack without uh, the that man out the back is. Um, has been pretty stock standard for most of this year. And that's what you, why I think you've seen a lot of the, the games end up the way that they have. But um, yeah, I don't really have much more to say to be no, honest. Enough, except I'm fucking pissed off. Yeah. Well, Sum that up pretty well. Just on um, Xavier Savage, I actually read that as early as two weeks ago, he was being offered to other clubs mm. for the rest of the season. Now. Oh, really? Yeah, but we, yeah. talk, we talk about bad club management, right? Um, and I guess uh, a, a lack of good recruitment. You'd think a, a, if a Brisbane or a Canterbury were offered Xavier Savage for the rest of the season, you'd think they would have seen at least a bit of him in the, in the lower grades and that and um, how he's performed there. I start to wonder why a club like that wouldn't pick him up for the rest of the season. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's just a thought of mine. It could come back to poor recruitment and uh, something like that. But uh, he's obviously injured now, as you said, but I guess it was good in the end that Canberra held on to him. I was just thinking about what the Raiders could do when a chance comes back or, you know, um, someone who I was dropping over for a few weeks and was playing well, Caleb Aikens. You could even have Aikens at fullback, a savage on the wing and runs um, in the centres because really Croker shouldn't be there. Rapana's been all right, but I think he's not the player he once was. But that's possibly something for the future, at least for Canberra. And Velame's got some errors in him. I'd yeah. I'd realistically play Aiken on the wing, to be honest. Um, Savage, if just he just such a good mover, and he just 
he added the spark to that back line that they haven't had all year. But yeah, yeah. well, I think either a good fullback sophomore, it would be better on the wing for me. And I feel like Savage would provide probably a bit more spark down on a wing than um, Aikens would. But anyway, that's just something else to think about yeah, yeah. possibly for the future. And yeah, with Canberra, look, it was. Um, Again, the, the same players stepping up who have been all year and sort of the same mob who have been stepping up the past few weeks where they've sort of, I wouldn't say hitting form, but winning every second game. And they've improved. Um, I would say, they're, I'd say they're close to form. That was close but to see, form. That's what we've been saying on and off for the past five weeks and then they lose the next week. That, that's the only issue with me. They're obviously better, mm. but uh, they're just still that bit inconsistent. Like, I, I forget who they're versing next week or obviously get to it, but... I feel like if they're versing a half-decent side, they probably get beat. If not, if they're versing um, a team much worse, then they might get the win. I mean, for Christ's sakes, last week they got flogged by the Titans. They've got the Eels on tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, Yeah, Savage looks like he might be a star, no substitute for pace, uh, as well as just um, being able to bob up the right time. But we have to worry about him until next year. Yeah. However, Inara is flying. Uh, this was as good a game again as he's played. Um, but the bloke we haven't mentioned who's been really good for a month and maybe he's been a bit on the radar is Emre Gula. He is re- mm-hmm. uh, I think he flagged him at the start of the year, but um, he's really becoming a, a genuine um, asset to this to the front row there. Uh, and Tarpanese had now put together two good games in a row, I thought. Uh, and yes, maybe that yeah. all coincides with everything you talked about, the shitty line speed defence has allowed them to look good. But um, those three particular, Tarpane, uh Harawa, and Ira, and Gula, have, have been the three that have probably turned a lot of uh, Canberra around, I think, in the last month. It was um, Hudson Young's best game of the year as well. Mm, mm. He was very good. So if they get all, the thing is they get all of them back and... Uh, Starling's still dangerous. Uh, now he's getting a bit more time. It's to their benefit. They appear to have got over all these little bumps. If they get all these guys right, as you said, they get into eighth. I don't. They're obviously not going to trouble the top five, but uh, if they put go on a run here, they could beat the Roosters uh, yep. if the trajectories continue to sort of go like that. Uh, Sharks, I know they've won a few, but uh, without studying their run, they're not going to trouble anyone in the top six. They might scrape into, if they've got a decent draw, they might scrape into eights. As good as I can say about them. What's your thoughts on that, Ol? Oh, both of these teams, I'm going to echo the sentiments that I've said about the Titans and the Dragons because I've, I spoke about that cluster. I think these two teams are right in there. Uh, I suppose if they can you know, get a, a couple of wins consistently together towards the end of the year and a few, few of the other teams continue to cock up, then I think they'll make it. But put, put it this way, at the moment, I, I'm more confident in Canberra and Cronulla than I am in, in a Titans or Dragons. But Yeah, exactly the same as both of you guys, to be honest. Um, the only thing that – the only reason the Sharks will make eighth is because of their effort. Their effort's been quite good for the last probably six weeks. They're going to need to keep that up. Uh, they've probably got a fraction more X factor in their back line than the Raiders do, but both of these teams would wouldn't be out of place in eighth spot, but they probably wouldn't be out of place in tenth spot either. So mm. <laughs> that's about their lot in life at the moment. And that's the ultimately this comp is so bad that ten teams suck. So um, <laughs> whoever sucks the least or has the best draw is the one that's going to. The only end of the day, Tigers win the next four. They they're coming eighth. Like it's they're it's crazy. Yep. Um, yep. Storm, who we're in Ira with three oh, yeah. points. Yep, Savage with two and Hudson Young with one. Yeah, I had Gawler for one, but happy either way. Ollie, 
I'll go with you, Barn, as well, yep. Okay, done. Uh, Storm 48 put the sword to the Knights 4. Uh, it was very enjoyable to watch. Uh, Barney, what did the stats tell us? Eight tries to one, eight out, eight out of eight conversions and one, and one miss by the Knights. 76% completion for both teams, 34 out of 45 sets, played 26 out of 34. 850-plus run metres for Melbourne and 190-plus post-contact metres. 10 line breaks to one, 33 tackle busts to 21, 12 offloads to five, one force dropout for Melbourne. 294 tackles played 351, two ruck infringements to four, one inside the 10 for both teams, two penalties conceded for both teams. 12 errors to 13, Kafusi made 34 tackles, Braley with 43, Hines with 226 metres, and Young with 141. Munster missed four, uh, Man missed five, and Tuala missed three. Hines with 166 supercoach points. Munster with 123. Uh, sorry, Ollam with 123. Munster with 115. And then three other Melbourne players before you got down to Barnett on 61 supercoach points. Hmm. Um, what do I say? Uh, I may as well go first. I love watching Melbourne play. I love watching the up-tempo stuff. Uh, I love a lot of their players. Uh, I love the way Nico chimes in. Uh, I love Kamikamika, who led the run meters again. Uh, I love... Um, He's been trying to tackle that bloke. Oh, he's, uh, <laughs> I love the cheese. I love everything uh, Melbourne do. And uh, when you're a Tigers fan, you need to find some team to enjoy watching. So I have enjoyed watching Melbourne this year. Um, Munster's starting to warm up. I know he's, he's out this week. I assume he's just being rested. But, um, yeah, I'd say so. He, trying to squeeze Pappy back in. Yeah, but he's now um, put, which I assume the reading between lines is a week off and they'll move Nico to six. Um, but... Uh, they he's starting to warm up. He's had two get good games in a row. Uh, that's scary because he's a, obviously a... Do you win a Clive Churchill medal? He's been there or thereabouts. Um, I'm happy he got it, didn't he? He yeah. did too, yeah. Um, he offers a lot, obviously, and um, what can I say? Newcastle were pretty average. Uh, Barnett's gone backwards. Uh, a lot of these... I've Like Newcastle, I say it every week, a lot of their players are going backwards. Uh, and it's even more concerning... Um, when you hear the coach's press conference and it seems every week he's got new excuses for why they're terrible. Uh, and I would suggest that, uh, I know there's a lot of talk about other clubs, but um, if uh, Shane Flanagan's looking for a club, I'd suggest he might be, Newcastle might be closer up the list than some people think. But uh, what it's do you like think, that, Barn? It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other and it's like, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. <laughs> Yeah, you can't come up with an excuse that bloke. Fair um, what do you say about the Melbourne Storm that we haven't said for three quarters of this season already? Like every game, every every game, every week. It doesn't matter who they bring on. The minimum that that they do is their job, and most of them do it very fucking well. So <laughs> when you got most of your team doing their job very well, good luck. Um, Newcastle just got steamrolled for like seventy five minutes of this game. And Melbourne didn't really take the foot off either. Um, they could have executed a little bit better and made it even more embarrassing, but they um, they just got beaten in every part of the field. Barnett and Braley were really the only two to hold their own at any sort of time in this game. Watson was okay, but it was just um, just purple dominance again. Nico, Olam, Munster, Hughes, Cheese, Kafusi, <laughs> Kamakamika. <laughs> I can just keep reading out names. They were all brilliant. Um and a couple of them were even better than that. So, what do you say? 
Olivating dad. Uh, I, I love watching Melbourne play too. Give me more. Give me blowouts every week, every game, every week. You know I, who they are? They're the, Har- Melbourne. they're the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> like you just, just, them, you just yeah. don't worry about it. You turn up and watch and go, I love this. It's fun. Unless you're an idiot that wants to blame yeah. salary caps. But how with the squad they've got, how can you possibly? Like, Nico Hines was a bench player um, 12 weeks ago. Like, yep. How can you blame salary caps for them yeah. being so dominant? There's got to be a common factor, and that's obviously the system works. Yeah. Um, the scary thing for me about Melbourne, especially the last few weeks, obviously all you have been raving about Hughes and how Munster's been a bit off kilter a bit. Munster's starting to hit form and get back to form. <laughs> but Hughes isn't really losing his form. Mm. Yeah. So both, both halves are going to be at their best pretty much heading into the finals. And uh, pretty much everyone else you mentioned, like a, a Justin Ollum's even, he had a, a small patch at the start of the year where he probably was getting to be a bit like Wanga Blake where he probably should have passed the ball a bit more, but now he, <laughs> he's just absolutely tearing it apart. And in Newcastle, I, I mean, I've said it before, um, their fans make me laugh and a bit happy because a couple of weeks ago, what I think they might've won two games in a row and Pong was coming back and Pierce was coming back. And I think all their fans were saying that at their best, they're a top four side and that they, um, they'll, they'll make the finals easy. Well, I know, I know it's against Melbourne, but uh, they've been whoop, right back down. And, um, I think maybe for a week there, I said maybe they'd be an outside chance at making the eight, but I'm, I'm back to sticking firm with they're not going to be. Um, but yeah, again, it was Melbourne, so I wouldn't expect them to do too much better than 48 to four anyway. I think um, if one thing I've learned this year, uh, teams tend to revert to the mean pretty quick. Uh, like Newcastle looked like, look great for that week two weeks back, and then they, they're back to Newcastle. Uh, I assume it'll be the same as the Tigers. I assume it'll be the same as the Titans. They are who they are. They, they have spikes and troughs, but beyond that, um, I don't think anyone's form, except maybe Canberra, potentially, because I think they're down on form rather than looking for a massive up, um, yeah. is going to change from where they, where they are. Um, which way do you want to go? Three, Nico, two, Hughes, or Munster, one cheese, two cheese, one Kafusi. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I had three Nico, two Munster, and I had one for either Olamore um, Hughes. Ollie? Let's give the one to Hughes. Okay, done. Um, and just, we, we wrap him as much as anyone in the show, but Brandon Smith's having the best season of his career, I think, mm-hmm. as a player. Which is amazing. Which maybe maybe he's just been waiting to do it. But he's fitter. He's um he's been outstanding. Uh, speaking of well, the, their main opposition for the year, Penrith, uh, thirty defeated the Warriors sixteen. Uh, Barney, what do the stats say? Yes, we had three tries to six, two out of three conversions, and three out of six for Penrith, uh, and a missed field goal. 73% completion played, 82% completion. Uh, 32 out of 44 sets played, 32 out of 39. Six line breaks to seven, 43 tackle busts for the Warriors, 37 for the Panthers, 20 offloads to 14, two forced dropouts for both teams, 303 tackles played, 332, three ruck infringements to four, two inside the 10 for the Warriors and one for Penrith. Zero penalties conceded by the Warriors and seven by Penrith. 11 errors to nine. Tavunga with 80, 48 tackles. Leota with 30. Fanua Blake with 257 metres and To'o with 280. 
Chad made 15 tackles, missed five. Ciro missed four. Uh, Maiden 13, made 13 and missed five. And Kate Will and Yo both missed five tackles, which is unusual for those two. And Martin missed six as well. So Lodge with 116 Supercoach points, Walsh with 98, and Kickow with 95. I'm convinced if the Warriors stay fit, uh, they lost Torhu, what, 10 minutes in, RTS, what, I think it was five and 10 minutes 15. in, respectively, or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, and then uh, Walsh went off for HIA, and there's another injury, uh, Egan. If they stay fit, they nearly win this game. I thought Penrith were pretty close. ordinary, yeah. um, and nearly threw it away again. Uh, I thought Fanua Blake was absolutely uh, – well, stats speak for themselves, but was sensational. Lodge, uh, it, it continued his good form for the year. That's a, a scary combination if they get it right and have a full season together. Um, Kickhour returned to some form. Uh, but maybe it was flat a little bit. And I think Yo probably was the one that dragged Penrith home uh, a bit of combination. Uh, Tyro May got involved a bit, uh, but it was, I think, Yo and Tuo were the, the uh, obvious spiritual leaders. I was going to say, yeah, I think it was Tuo that sort of dragged them back in this one. Yeah. The, the amount of metres he just made, the tough the tough stuff that that little bloke does is amazing yep. week after week. So Keep going. Yep. Uh, so the... Charged down in the first minute, I think it was, of the game from Chad. Um, I'm worried about his head, to be honest. He's um, Since he's obviously got dropped by the Sharks, he's only he's played two or three games, but they've been horrible compared yeah. to what he's put out in the past. His last couple of outings have been really bad, and it's been his kicking game too, which is what he's always prided. You know, It's been a big part of his game. He's never been the greatest tackler. Um, he was an okay ball runner and passer, but it was his kicking game that he, he relied on most of the time, and his kicking game's absolutely gone to shit, so... I'm a bit worried about poor old Chad. Um, I thought the Warriors were on top and full of, full of running. Even after losing those first three players, I thought the first half was all the Warriors. They were the better team. Um, and it wasn't until Yo again went in and started playing number seven mm-hmm. and pushed pushed May and um, Burton out that extra player wider and gave him a bit more space and a bit more time with the ball that um, they actually started putting some pressure back onto the Warriors. So... Um, with no no bench players for the entire second half, the Warriors were never real, realistically in the game in that second half. Um, they tried hard, but they just got they they were running on empty for the last half an hour of that game, yeah. and um, Penrith just took advantage of it um, without playing exceptionally well. Obviously, they're waiting on um, their big guns to come back with Luai this week and Cleary hopefully the week after, and that, that'll make them a completely different team. But yeah, they, I think this is one they got away with, to be honest. If the Warriors had a full bench, I reckon they, they could have gone close to losing this game. So, Ollie? I was actually most impressed for Penrith as a whole with their forward pack. Um, I feel like we, we got a, another great performance from Dane Susser-Harris, but uh, sort of a performance he's done every week. And I think Moses Leota probably had one of his better performances of the season as well. And I feel, yeah, I feel like Penrith's forward pack sort of dragging in there along with the top oh and I thought Dylan Edwards was good on return as well. Um, yeah, but other than that, like Pen- Penrith realistically wouldn't have played too different if they just not named a five, eight and a half back. And I know that's sad to say, at least for Matt Burton, but I mean, chuck him in the centers uh, with Luai there and, you know, he'd be back to form, which I think he will be. But yeah, realistically, like when Isaiah Yo has to come in and, take over. That, they were quite non-existent for me, at least. Agree. 
Um, you, we said it. I said it last week. Matt Burton's been very exposed now. He's looked good when he's needed it early on. He's looked good outside of Cleary. But when it's been his team, he's a very good centre, I'll say. I don't um, even think they've given him the team, to be honest. No, it no. looks like May's the one yeah. that they've given the team to, which I wonder if completely that's by, dumbfounds me. But. By choice or by, I don't know what that is, but yeah, um, I would be concerned, yeah, what he might bring to the Bulldogs. Maybe I'm over dramatizing. <laughs> no, I agree. I, You've I, never I, done that. Yeah, I've been echoing, this, echoing your sentiments for at least the past couple of months now. And anyone pretty much other than you guys I speak to go, what are you talking about? Like all the signings that the Bulldogs have made, they're going to look great. Well, they made a bunch of signings that were great supposedly this year and look how they're going. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and he's still going to be playing outside what, Avarillo? Like, um, yeah. God bless the guy. Avarillo that, has improved yeah. dramatically. Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, anyway, 3-to-yo, um, uh, 2-to-2-o, <laughs> one to Fanua Blake. What do you reckon? I had 3 for 2 oh, 2 for Fanua Blake and one for Yo or kick out just because he oh, got yeah. a couple of old lodge or kick out. I'm, uh, I'm happy Whatever. if you're actually, yeah, but Ollie, what do you think? I like uh, Barney's, but. Uh, yeah, I like I like Barney's too. Personally, I think you could have just about gone three players from Penrith's forward pack or bar maybe for Noel Blake actually. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with Barney's. Let's go with it. I think, yeah, it's, we need to acknowledge Tuo and what he does and what he, if he doesn't, we'll put it this way, if, he, if he's not on the field, wow, I'd be a, uh, be concerned for Penrith. He is the most proactive winger in the game. We oh, easily. Basically easily. Doing not say it about him. And just to finish so who do we get? Oh, so we've got Toe, Fanua, Blake. Who are we going to give the one to? I'm yo, Kikau, or Lodge? Uh, yo, yo. yo. No. Um, but just, just as a final word on this game, uh, round 20 is coming up and Melbourne are going to fucking flog them. <laughs> so... Um, I don't care if you put whoever uh, back in that team. Uh, Tigers yeah. 42, Brisbane... Wait, um, hello, what? um, where are these teams going to end up or whatever? Uh, Penrith finished second on the ladder. If Cleary doesn't come back, uh, they're beatable. If not, they'll make the grand final. If Cleary does I mean, come back and Fish does come back. But they will drop some games in this next six weeks. Especially no, no. to Melbourne. No, Melbourne, yes, yes, yes. Maybe to so, yeah, Penrith second. Penrith second. Um, and Warriors, I think, now probably somewhere between 12th and 14th. I, I can't see him Without Torhu Harris and Egan, I think there's a there's a lot of ground to make up in the middle. They might get away with it with Lodge and Fanua Blake, but, yeah, uh, 12th to 14th for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm tipping Penrith second as well, and I will say this, like at full strength in the grand final, Melbourne are looking at amazing. However, at Penrith at full strength against that Melbourne side, one 80-minute game in a grand final – they can beat them. And I don't think you can say that about any other team. I'm not saying they will at this point. A few weeks ago, I, I would say that. that. Right now, I'm they can do it at full strength and no other team can. I, I still think yeah. any team can on the day. I don't think they will. I, I, I still think Manly are going to go close to surprising a lot of people this year. I can see Manly getting to an elimination final. Oh, and I guess as well for the Warriors, I've got them twiddling their thumbs, doing nothing with Newcastle and the Cowboys in that. Not necessarily the worst of the worst, but in that insignificant sort of top 14. 
Yep. Tigers 42, Brisbane 24. Uh, Tigers again started a bit squishy early. Uh, uh, Barney, what does stats say here? Four tries to eight, three out of four conversions and five out of eight for the Tigers. One out of one penalties for the Broncos. 68% completion played 85 for the Tigers. 21 out of 31 sets played 33 out of 39. Five line breaks to seven. 41 tackle bust for the Broncos, 26 for the Tigers. 10 offloads to 15, one force dropout by Wests, 0 40 20s, 356 tackles, 290 made by the Tigers, three ruck infringements to two, zero inside the 10 to one, six penalties conceded by the Broncos, one by West Tigers. Ponga made eight tackles, missed five. Oh, sorry, missed the line. 10 errors, <laughs> played seven. Turpin with 49 tackles, Little with 32, Tessie New with 201 metres, and Mamalo with 183. Gamble made 20 tackles, missed five. Ponga made eight and missed five. Ponga? Pauga? No, that's obviously... Pauga? Ah, sorry, Pauga, the young fella, yes. Yeah, he was on Katona. And two other players that missed four. And six others that missed three for the Broncos. Supercoach Dewey with 154 points. Laurie with 100. Ricky with 93. Um, do you want to go first or do you want to go at the back end? Oh, uh, I can go first. Why not? Um, I've been going first a lot. Um, Staggs was quiet. He didn't do a great deal. I think the two times he touched the ball, there was a try and a, a try. Um yeah. I, I flagged on the uh, late mail show or whatever we're going to call it when Ollie comes up with a fancy name. Uh, that uh, looking at the Tigers' forward pack, uh, they would be built more around offloads, and they were with uh, Otukamanu. Uh, Simpkin was okay on debut. Uh, McKaylee starting. They, they they did get a lot of that second phase play, which helped uh, bring the other, especially in the second half. Uh, their first try was part of that, and then in the second half, Brisbane completely went to shit. Um, for a long a lot of time, I was nervous because I just figured that last try is going to win. I thought it would be 42-40 and yeah. last try wins, but then... Um, we finally got a bit of consistency and probably just held momentum long enough. And once Brisbane's back was broken, that was it. Uh, Dewey was sensational. Uh, he would... Um, I have no idea why he didn't play 5-8 for the last month. Beyond, they were too scared about their centre stinking. Uh, but he <laughs> surely has that spot wrapped up for as long as he wants it now. Uh, and I enjoyed most of the Ford's work. Uh, Twile was pretty good off the bench. Uh, he sort of... Is half a handbrake, so I don't quite know where he fits into a, a different structure. Um, Laurie was good again. Uh, Parga was serviceable on debut up against Katoni Stags. Um, Brisbane, like I said, I thought they missed a trick not getting the ball out to Stags at every possible opportunity. But um, what yeah, a, what confused me to too. About. To be honest, uh, the two blokes I was scared off were Haas and Stags, and they didn't do a great deal. So. Um, so Tigers won. Well, Huss, Huss was pretty good, I thought. Um, oh, he's, I think yeah, playing his, his influence yeah, a little yeah, bit so. there, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was an extremely exciting game for the first hour um, and very close. And I thought the Broncos were probably in front for that first hour, to be honest. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Croft, Croft and Herbie Farnsworth should never stand next to each other in a defensive line <laughs> ever fucking again. That they were directly the problem for three or four of those tries, and Dewey just did credit to him, mate. He just kept hammering them. He just kept going straight at him, and he knew Croft was going to shoot out of the line, and then he knew Herbie wouldn't know what to do, and they fucking pulled that side apart time after time. And it was about a twenty-minute period where they just continually scored in that same spot. Um, 
I'd be surprised if Croft should ever play first grade again, to be honest. That was, again, you, I, I haven't changed my opinion. I've said it I said it all no, last year. Right. And I'm yep. again. Um, he's not a first grader in my eyes. Um, he's a defensive liability and in attack he's not much better. Um, Dewey, yeah, he was tremendous. Stefano Ukutamano, he's now a first, he's a first grade prop and should be starting most weeks. Yeah, I um, think you're now. I think now you'll see him play for the next five to ten years and be right up there with some of the bigger names in the forward packs uh, running around, to be honest. Um, Yeah, credit to the Tigers. They took their opportunities when Brisbane didn't. It's no no coincidence. Everyone talks about blowout scores, but you look at Brisbane. They've conceded 40.7 times this year out of 17 games, and they've conceded 30 or more nine times out of those 17 games. Like, it's just... Their defence is obviously completely ratchet, and doesn't matter who they play, they get flogged half the time. So yeah, but is that is that a defensive structure? Is it a intensity? Is it a combination of everything? Yeah, I think it's a whole lot thrown together, yeah, to be honest. Yeah. And they haven't been working well enough in attack to because obviously, if your attack's good, you take a bit of energy out of the opposition team while while they're defending as well. And their defence is their attack's been almost as bad as their defence. So. Yeah, Ollie, do you have much to add? Oh, not too much other than I have to agree. It's, it's crazy how Dewey wasn't, um, <laughs> wasn't starting at 5-8 for the past month. We're speaking of Dewey, that dance definitely um, <laughs> sums up your feelings about him. Um, Barney, you weren't there, obviously, but um, on Sunday over our Zoom call for the last yeah. 10 minutes, admittedly, Daggett had a few, as we all had, and he pulled out the old Dag, so he hasn't been able to do it much this season, but he was good out when the, when the school That's is beyond that. <laughs> That's why you call yourself that. Yeah, because right. yeah, I'm a so, dick. Um. <laughs> other than that, not too much to add, really. But other than Daggy had a really good time, and I think we all enjoyed it for the, and we all for got once. into it. And that's what, honestly, that's pretty much it. Um, it felt like to me, actually, and I think you sort of half touching a bun that this would have been a really enjoyable game for a neutral party to watch. It was, yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed it for that first hour. Um, yeah. Obviously, Brisbane fell away a bit, fucking a lot in that last 20 minutes, but it was back and forth, like one end of the field to the other for that first hour. It was a really enjoyable game to watch. Uh, three points to Dewey, two to either Laurie or Stefano, and then uh, if that wasn't going to be one of them, I'd Luciano or even Nofa, who was who had probably his better game as he's had for a long time. Uh, any thoughts on those combinations? I had Dewey, Stefano, and then either Laurie or Haas for the one point. Yep. But well, I go, go with Barney's, but Chuck, sorry, uh, Laurie in there at one. And I, I suppose we should give a quick shout out to David Nofaluma, who is now the West Tigers' all-time leading try scorer. That he is, um, and then he has another three years on his contract. So, um, so yeah. you give him something to chase. But uh, oh, question, uh, I haven't thrown out a um, – obviously no, I've haven't. been drinking as much mm. as uh, <laughs> this season, so we haven't had our random prognostications that Ollie and I used to especially get into. If Adam and Dewey Barney plays did. six for the New South Wales last week, do New South Wales win? I think they've got more points in them. Mm. So and they only lost by two, so <laughs> <There you laughs> take of that what you will. Okay, Ollie, good chat. 
Uh, Bunnies 32 defeated the Bogs. The Bogs, it was a bog of a game. The Dogs 24. Uh, I wrote crappy game, dogs boring, bunny scrappy, as you can see. What did the stats say? <laughs> Pretty close. Six six tries to four, three out of six conversions, four out of four for the Dogs, and a penalty to South Sydney. 78% completion played 73. 35 out of 45 sets played 24 out of 33. 600-plus run metres for Souths and 210 post-contact metres plus on the poor old doggies. Six line breaks to four, 35 tackle busts to 10, eight offloads to seven, a force dropout from both teams, 140-20 from the dogs, 283 tackles played 366, one ruck infringement to four, zero inside the tens to three, 10 errors to nine, Murray with 38 tackles, Jackson with 48. Uh, Colum... Colomatungi, that's him, with 238 metres. Shoop with 131. Burgess missed three. Allen made one tackle and missed three. And Waddell missed five. Murray with 87 supercoach points. Walker with 79. Alex Johnson with 69. And then Ockenball with 68. Yeah, I thought this game was a bit scrappy, a bit poor. But still, and I guess this is a reflection of how bad the dogs have been all year. I think they looked all right. It, It was a... Um, that effort, they're certainly nowhere near uh, South Sydney in terms of talent, even this South Sydney squad without Latrell Mitchell. But uh, as I said, I thought they were all right. And ever since I've, I've made that joke about Luke Thompson being done with, with his teammates and going back to to England, he's not actually had to do as much work and he's, he's had a lot of help. So, I mean, good on, good on him for that. Um, it's also interesting as well that over the past two weeks, the Bulldogs have come close to beating two sides and it looks like maybe they're building towards something right before they go up against your Sharks to possibly do the double over, over them. Um, I'm not going to do Why not? Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to do the double over anyone else at this point. So, um, But yeah, at the end of the day, South Sydney's star players really got him home in the end, and I think that that's all that you really have to say. I'm going to emphasise it again. It wasn't that great a game, and there's not too much more that can be said, really. What do you think of it, Barn? Yeah, well, South's played okay, but they never really kicked into gear, apart from a couple of five-minute patches there, and it was all that, that left-hand play again down to Johnson <laughs> to score in the corner. But um, it's, it's surprising how that doesn't get shut down more often, <laughs> but they obviously do it better than most, so... Um, Thompson and Jackson were easily the best for the Bulldogs. Um, young Bailey Biondi Odo looks like a, he could be something. Um, he puts it puts in a lot of effort, and he, he seems like a um, a decent hooker there for the the dogs going forward. Um, obviously, he might share some time with um, young Marshall King once he's back and in, into the team. But um, yeah, there's top effort from the dogs. They um they went pretty close, and they they gave um they they gave South a few scares there, obviously, but. South have just got that bit extra, you know. They it ended up coming back to the they had more talent on the field, so that was really the only reason South got home in this one. So, yeah, I um, they this this is the sort of game that scares me about South in that um, and we had, we'll, we'll get to the we had a bit of a, a debate about it in the weekend, but and I'll mention it after this. But um, if they get in these scraps where it's a real forward based battle, they don't have. Someone who's going to really lead him out of it. They, obviously, Cam Murray's a superstar, but that's not 
who he is. Colin Matungi Colin did a job on, is their best chance. Yeah, yeah. Colin Matungi led did did in this case. Um but they, they thrive on that space and, and the, the back line left and right swings and uh, a real ugly game if he gets dragged into it, I, I don't think suits him. So that's what uh, Canterbury did and that's, like you said, class prevailed in the end. I thought Cam Murray um, was probably close to best on the field, just uh, linking up with, at the right sort of times when he had to. Colin Matungi had some massive metres and I, I thought those two were probably the difference. Uh, and you mentioned Thompson and Jackson, they were... They were outstanding. There's still, I, I still think, like an Ogden and a Dory have something to offer in the right sort of teams. Um, I, but I've said that for long enough. Where we probably need to see that now. Uh, but they Dory do. Dory was really quiet in this one, actually. Yeah, um, Ogden's been okay the last couple of weeks. They are. They just have that feel of the bubbling away dogs are gonna. They're gonna beat someone, I think, before the end of the year. And I'm slightly scared. It's the Tigers. Why not the Sharks again? Twice, twice in a season. Uh, Why not? Maybe, but they they've just got a stink about him, and they're playing West twice. So I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> I think they've got the Titans in two weeks. So why not win all four? Let's uh, not. Titans and Sharks. I think if the Broncos the wooden spoon, I'm happy with that. I'll cop it. <laughs> Do we need to talk much more about any of this? Walker three points, Murray two, Jackson one. We could swap Murray and Walker, but I had yeah, I had Colin Matungi in the mix, but I had Murray Murray Walker. But either way, Ollie, um, I'll go Murray Walker. Actually, Mark Nichols, I thought had a good game. I'm happy to concede him um, to a Colin Matungi if you guys like, but I but. I, I'd give it. Was that his fourth try in a hundred games? The, the giant professor <laughs> crashing over. That was it. The ball yeah. just sat up perfectly for him. He just I did straight through that. the hole. It's great. I did enjoy that. Uh, who'd you say for one? I had Jackson. Josh Jackson. Yeah, I had Jackson too. I think give him something. Deserves it. Uh, do you have a pain out of the week? Or, oh no, actually, quickly. So the argument ooh, you'd have was. Ooh. Uh, if they were to play an elimination final, would you back Parramatta or Souths, Barney? You said Souths? Parramatta. Oh, you've changed your mind. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, just on the back of well, it depends how the game's played. Damn if, it. If Souths can, <laughs> if Souths can play the game that they want to play and um, get enough of it, like hold the middle, they're never going to win the middle against Parramatta. But if they can hold them in the middle, They've got more points in them out in the in the back line. Like they they can they'll easily outscore someone like Parramatta, but if they get dragged into the grind in the middle, they'll get um, torn apart by Parramatta. So yes, it's a, it all depends on how the game sort of flows realistically. Yeah, I think if 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 they both well, obviously if they both turn up and played the way they did in the weekend, Parramatta would flog them. But um, mm. if Parramatta has yeah Papaya here and Brown coming off the front the back the back fence in the first twenty minutes. Uh, I don't see South getting back. Uh, I appreciate you saying there's points in them, but I don't think that South set up. Like, it, let's be honest, it's Paulo, Papi, Madison, and um, and uh, Nathan Brown against uh, the Professor. So it's like yeah, there's work to just do. In yeah. 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 So um, with all due respect to Cam Murray, who is an absolute superstar, but that's not his game as such. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, that. Ended that debate nice and quick. Um, <laughs> do you have a peanut of the week? Yeah, so for peanut of the week, well, it's not one in particular. Again, it's it's a bunch of people to do with a, a certain um, a bag story. of peanuts. And I, I actually, well, one of them, I'm gonna, he, he wasn't as bad as everyone else, but he, he sort of posed a question and I answered it for him. Now, Dan and Kerr, 
uh, people calling out Penrith for having a salary cap sombrero and not having a salary cap just because they're going to sign Kavita Pangai Jr. at half price with Brisbane paying half his, half his fee for the rest of the season. Uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory how Penrith are able to fit him into their cap. We were talking about it at the start of the year when this transfer deadline thing got extended, this exact type of situation, a higher paid player being able to go to a team with not a lot of space in their salary cap for the rest of the season because it wouldn't cost them as much. Penrith mm-hmm. would not be paying TPJ too much anyway for the rest of the season. And if the reports are to be believed, which I'd say probably the case, Brisbane are going to pay half of that anyway. So they're only realistically paying him, what, 150K? Isn't it funny? The more, the more you think about it, Kevy must just really want not want him there. Yeah, yeah he must, he'd have to. If like, he's going to pay half the freight to get rid of him. And same as Lodge. Like, he must just... Yeah. From what they're producing, like, anyway. They both will be better for... You know, both are going to be probably better for the for the trip away. And you know what? Penrith are officially a, a really good team now because if you want to be a good team in the NRL, you have to have 60% of fans whinging that you're over the cap. So, congratulations. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what do we got? What do we got left? Six weeks, is it? Six weeks at twenty five k is what one hundred and fifty. So seventy five, eighty k. They got to find. Yeah. So yeah, it's not massive. Um, they uh, yeah, uh, and I'm going to give Dana actually kudos to Dana because he has been much more positive than he has been in years gone by. <laughs> Don't see too much. Of him, so he's done a good job this year, Dana, a friend of the show, and a good man. Yeah. Um. So, uh, pop plan of the week. Some fair stiff competition around. I'm going to double down with Jason Saab again. <laughs> He's <laughs> on my list, yeah. <laughs> Eight runs for 44 metres, one tackle bus, um, fucking what, one tackle and two errors, and back-to-back errors, and they led again led directly to points. The bloke's not interested at the moment. I don't know if it's just he only wants to get interested on running on the back of Tommy or yeah, what it is. That's what it is. He, he, just, he doesn't want to he play. He doesn't want any hard yards, no. and he does not like being tackled. Yeah. I'm going to go with Mitch Barnett and say he's been on the Lachlan Fitzgibbon juice lately. I don't know if he's gotten <laughs> him here or, or for whatever reason he's been getting tips off Fitzgibbon, but they're, they're starting to play uh, uh, very similar to each other, or at least similar to how Fitzgibbon's been most of this year. And let's just say it's not, not the best for Barnett. I reckon there's about 15 nights you could have given it to before Barnett. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> They're in fair company this year. Um, he's standard as well. He's pop players. Yeah, yeah. grown more than other Newcastle players who are already... Oh, oh, yeah, I th- as I said, I said yeah. in review, he's gone backwards. Uh, mine will be uh, Sean Johnson. Uh, 11 tackles, 9 misses, and uh, wasn't sided for a good 65 minutes of that game. I thought, and I... So let's go with a slap of the week. Uh, I'll give it to Jack Whiten. Just pass the ball, mate. Come on. There's times to run it, but there's times you need to pass. <laughs> Just to your left, there's a pretty good player standing outside you that can uh, do stuff. Uh, so he can have one this week uh, in, a, in a tougher week. Ollie? Uh, David Fafita, can you please... I, I challenge him next week. Uh, I forget who we're versing already. But give us 15 minutes of your best, at least, then maybe it doesn't look like a flogging whoever we're up against it yet. Yeah. Fafita, I've pretty much said it all before. Bye. 
I don't know who this bloke is, but I want to find the Cronulla's defensive coach and I want to slap the absolute shit out of that bloke because he doesn't deserve a job. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, not much more I can add to that. Um, salute. Uh, I'll get mine short and sweet. Adam Dewey, good to see him back at six and nice to win again. Yeah, he was tremendous. Um, Corey Hawira Naira, 80 minutes, 14 runs for 150 metres, 13 tackle busts, seven offloads. I 30 tackles and only the one miss. Obviously, he was inflated by Cronulla's poor defence, but he's been on an absolute run for the last four to six weeks, and, yeah, he, he was brilliant on the weekend. Oh. I'm going to go to the professor. Um, <laughs> just a great performance. And I guess it's a credit to some of the players in that South Sydney side that he, he didn't really crack into our top three of the game, but um, I think he ran for well over 100 metres, didn't miss a single tackle as well, and it was just pretty much an all-round clinical performance, and he's a guy who I think has been a workhorse for a few years now, but um, obviously due to origin injuries, etc., he's he's got the starting nod over the past couple of weeks, and I thought he's actually been pretty consistent. Yeah, he doesn't get talked about as much as he should. That's 100% for sure. Yeah. Uh, very good, boys. Uh, that wraps up the review show this week. Uh, jump on to, if it's your first time listening, jump onto our socials and get involved with the conversation there. Uh, we'll be back shortly with the review show. Uh, enjoy the rugby league coming up this week and stay safe in lockdown. And we'll talk to everyone shortly. Ooh, 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 ooh.